The first cell phone was demonstrated in 1973 by Martin Cooper. You know what wasn't demonstrated? Shared plans. Over 50 years later, you can save on one line thanks to Visible. When you switch to Visible, the wireless company that makes wireless visible, you can get a one-line plan with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon for just 25 bucks a month, taxes and fees included. No hidden fees. No, really. You can look around for them. They're not there. Switch now at Visible.com. Save on wireless without the hassle. Switch to Visible today and save at Visible.com. Monthly rate on the Visible plan for data management practices and additional terms. Visit Visible.com. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Oh wait, hold on, I got a slack, guys, let me check who it is. Nothing. Nothing important. Shocker. All right, here we go. What's up, everybody? Welcome to... <laughs> I just wanted Beyond. to freak Jada out. <laughs> she's, just looking, she's just looking off screen. We'll start over for real this time. All right, here we go. What's up, everybody? Welcome to this week's episode of Podcast Beyond. I'm your host, Mark Medina, and I'm joined, as always, I don't get a choice in the matter, by Jada Griffin. He really doesn't. Um, you know, I, I, I recently got my doctorate, uh, according to a text message I got. Uh, so, uh, and Mark, there is no cure for what you have. So That's unfair. That's it's, not it's fair okay. at all. It's, it's something you can live with. It's manageable. You'll still live a long, healthy life. But what you have, you just, oh, it just can't be cured. Gotta... Why do you got to really bum me out right before the episode? Hey, you Long, know what? healthy it's... life? Come on. <laughs> Could this day get any worse? Uh, anyways, Matt Kim's also here. I I don't... I'm not a doctor. <laughs> You're going to live forever. <laughs> <laughs> what a day. What a day filled with just news that's, you know... I like your coffee, though. I, you. you know, I, I, need the, I need everyone to know that this show is late because Matt was getting coffee. And that's the Making only reason coffee. why. I need people to know that I make my own coffee. Roast mm. the beans yeah. myself. Ju- he grows the beans even to take it further. He grows the beans in a like uh like on his patio. He's got mm. like one of those little just terrariums. I don't know what sure. what's it called when you. It's not a terrarium. It's the wrong word. But nobody knows. you know what I mean. There's, there's actually no the, way to know. You know, <laughs> the world drops them off. Just packs of beans. <laughs> I so many questions. Uh, and then we're also joined by Natalie Flores. Of Hi. X Fanbyte fame. Yes, X Fanbyte fame. Hello, everyone. Hi. Um, so just like last week, we had Kenneth Shepard on. Kenneth was an awesome guest. Um, we also have Natalie on this week, who's here to kind of just, you know, let people know what she's been up to, who she is, where to follow her. Um, so Natalie, I'm going to kind of let you have the floor. You can kind of explain everything that happened without going into an insane amount of detail. Cause I don't think you want that. <laughs> um, but yeah, why don't you tell everybody who you are and where they can follow you? Yeah. So I am Natalie. I used to be the assistant managing editor over at Fanbyte before I got unceremoniously laid off almost a week and a half ago. Uh, I can't actually talk about the layoffs, uh, very much. Uh, due to legal reasons. But what I can say is that um, I think we were building something really special and uh, it's unfortunate that it won't 
reached the potential that it had from the beginning uh, and that I'm super lucky to have amazing colleagues and friends and the co-workers that I worked with. Um, Ken is one of my closest friends. I'm, I've been like a recurring guest on his, uh, his Patreon show, Norman DFM, several times. Uh, so I have nothing but love for everyone that I worked with. Uh, I was just telling Mark before the show that uh, we're doing this thing where we're going through our LinkedIn profiles and recommending each other and saying really cheesy things about how wonderful it was to work with each other uh, for future employers. Uh, so yeah, I think that speaks to sort of the bond and the environment that we had over there. Uh, and so, yeah, I'm free uh, on the market doesn't sound like a very good way of saying it but i am <laughs> looking for work <laughs> uh so you can follow me over at hardy Mesia. that's heart i am ecia on twitter it's a final fantasy 8 reference because it's a good game uh mm -hmm. and i am looking for video game consulting work game editing game writing pr and marketing uh anything that involves words and storytelling i am game yeah nice well Mark, i recommend Sorry, Mark, if ahead. you or me, I was going to say, if me or you ever leave IGN, I expect uh, the cheesiest and the worst written LinkedIn message uh, to recommend me. You'll, you'll, uh, make I'll do the same where, for you. you'll make it where I never find a job ever again. <laughs> you'll live a long, healthy life forever, <laughs> apparently. Great. So I'm not a doctor. I'm just saying. <laughs> but I am a psychic. <laughs> well, Natalie, it's, it's great to have you. Um, Thank and, you for having uh, me. Yeah, <laughs> and sorry, <laughs> but it's good to have you, and it was good to have Kenneth. And I, I think, I think we're gonna have a fun episode ahead of us. Um, there's a lot of cool stuff to go over um, this week. We got our E3 dates, which is uh, exciting. The first HBO trailer for The Last of Us dropped, which is good. But the biggest news ever happened that couldn't be more relevant to Podcast Beyond, which is. Vince Vince Gilligan, creator of Breaking Bad and Better Call Saul, has a new show on Apple TV Plus. We don't know the name of the show, but we know we do know that it stars Kim Wexler from Better Call Saul. This this is the biggest news ever. This is as the official Apple TV podcast of IGN. Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. Yep, that's us. <laughs> I forgot that that's a running bit of ours. I, I haven't watched I haven't watched season six yet, so I'm just gonna take a stab in the dark. It's called Kim's Revenge. That's what the show's yes. gonna be called. It's gonna it's just gonna be a continuation. For the sake of okay. clarity, she's not playing Kim Wexler. She's not her. Kim no, Wexler. She's not. Sorry, that was my bad. <laughs> yeah. What's it because the actress's name is Ray, what? Ray Rhea Seahorn, right? Yeah. yeah. Yes. Okay. So I just had a moment where I forgot her name. And so I was just like, it's Kim Wexler. But yeah, it's not Kim. It's not a Kim Wexler show. No, it's, it's not. Uh, it's, uh, it's just starring her. And I, I guess it kind of is like more in the vein of like the Twilight Zone. Yeah. This is like, you know, this like... X-Files-y Twilight Zone. Yeah. Uh, and also, uh, he's, Vince Gilligan was like, I'm done writing anti-heroes. I want to write a regular hero. So whoever Rhea Seahorn, Kim Wexler is going to play is going to be not as morally ambiguous as like Saul and Walter White. Mm -hmm. But we're really finished, taking this Apple TV show thing far. I finished Better Call Saul, uh, I don't know, like a month ago. And I instantly jumped into Breaking Bad. Breaking Bad is a better paced show than Better Call Saul. Better Call Saul has a lot of episodes where I'm just mm -hmm. like, what was the point of that episode? But Walter White is the worst. I don't yep. know 
how anybody like likes that character. He is the worst. He is awful. I can't wait for every comment to tell me that that's incorrect. No, you watch the show to root against uh, against Walt. Like that's just the kind of the the thing you want to see him. You want to see him struggle. You want to see him fail, but he somehow always comes out on top, which doesn't. You it's know, like it's Saul not good. Goodman at least had some redeeming qualities. Mm-hmm. Where Walter White, he has none. Natalie, what's your take on Breaking Bad? Uh oh, I think we lost her. I was like, she's sitting so incredibly still. Okay, I she mean... told me. She told me that this might happen. It is raining where she is. Mm. So, yesterday was The Last of Us Day. And a lot of people thought that we would get a Last of Us 2 um, PlayStation 5 version, right? And what I mean by that is an actual, like, director's cut. Like, an actual legit version of the game. Because the game has been updated for PS5, but basically it got the God of War Days Gone Horizon Zero Dawn treatment, right? Where it just has an improved frame rate. But if you look on the dashboard, it still says it's the PS4 version of the game. So it still has like the slower load times and stuff like that. Uh, We did not get a PS5 version of the game, but it kind of made me think about some other games I've been going back to and playing. And I've been kind of wishing that we would get more PS5 versions, whether they be updates or actual full full versions of the game. Uh, And so I kind of wanted to go around the list and kind of see... What games you guys kind of had in mind? Jada, we'll start with you. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, we kind of talked about and made a list of other ones. You guys kind of stole some of the ones I had ideas for. So yeah. I'm going to go a little bit out of the out of the wheelhouse. Uh, Last Guardian uh, is a I think is a good one for the PS5 treatment. Um, you know, it's, you know, just like Shadow of the Colossus and Eco got the PS4 treatment. Um, I'd love to see Last Guardian get the PS5 treatment since it was a PS4 game um, originally, if I remember correctly. It's been so long since I played that game. Um, but it was gorgeous. I think it could do really cool things with the PS5 enhancements. Um, other than that, the uh, infamous Second Son. Uh, we haven't seen Infamous pop off like it did during the PS3 era. I think even when it dropped on PS4, it wasn't as popular as they were expecting it to be. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I would love to see infamous second son get it because there's just so many like really cool effects and like the uh, open world and just being able to like really beef up the explosions the damage the destruction in the game especially when you're playing the infamous route um now really cool correct me if i'm wrong but infamous did was it one of the games that did get that kind of like unceremonious ps5 update or is it just like yo whatever the the version the the like performance mode that got put on PS4 Pro it just runs insanely well now i can't remember I, if it actually got like any I sort don't of like think ps5 it, patch i don't think it got any type of ps5 patch i could be wrong on this though uh, i just know this is one i haven't played in a while and getting a kind of a more ceremonious patch would be encouraging for me to want to go back and redive into this world because um, mm-hmm. it is a lot of fun. It's a great world. Um, and I would just like to, I want more infamous games. It's basically what I'm pitching right now. Because mm-hmm. I know everybody at the development studio, uh, which is Sucker Punch, right? For this That's one? That's them. Yeah. is uh, They're listening right now to the podcast. So I'm talking directly to them. <laughs> and they're and, also working on Ghost of Tsushima 2. Yep. So. <laughs> yep. Um, and then if do, I'm... Do you want to blow through all yours? Or do you want to... Yeah, mine as well. 
Okay, go just, for it. Just blow through all mine, and then you know you guys can stop listening to me because you know I know the audience I'm loves not hearing me um, along with Mark. Um, and then if you know going looking through even further back lens, a couple PS3 exclusives I'd love to see get just the treatment. Um, Resistance is a big one that comes to mind. Sony needs an FPS right now mm-hmm. um, to kind of start building up and taking that that space where Call of Duty may be vac- vacating. Um, so I think Resistance would be a great candidate for that. Um, give us a one through three trilogy remaster, um, just kind of like they've done with Ratchet and Clank and Sly mm-hmm. Cooper. Like, let's give us that collection of those great games um, and prep us for Resistance Four. Um, and then another one, it's a bit of a gem, but Heavenly Sword. I freaking loved Heavenly Sword back in the PS3. It was kind of like the, hey, it's kind of God of War action-ish and very over the top, like kind of came out right during that era when those types of games were really uh, taking a foothold in the market. And I feel like it just didn't get the support it needed. Um, I think it might have had a little bit of the the like six-axis type controls like stuff or special things in there so that may be uh one of the challenges uh, but it's been a while since i've played that one as well but i would love to go back and revisit heavenly start as well do we have natalie and back is she back we have she is back yes. hooray stop storming outside and nothing happens while it was raining but suddenly it stopped storming and it just so. All of a sudden, you were just like really frozen on our video, <laughs> and I was like, oh, God, "Oh, she is sorry. just she is listening intently." And now the clouds, the, the clouds have uh, the clouds have parted. The rain has stopped, and Natalie has come yeah. to, as the sunshine. This episode of Podcast Beyond is brought to you by NordVPN, a great way to protect yourself online while also improving your overall experience while enjoying cyberspace. Are you tired of streaming shows, movies, or sporting events being unavailable in your region due to draconian restrictions that are based on completely arbitrary geographical boundaries in physical meat space? Well, switch your virtual location to a place where that's no longer an issue. The same goes for shopping. You can get the best possible deal on subscriptions, flights, hotels, and other goods and services like that from websites that like to play favorites with certain territories and currencies. Meanwhile, encrypted traffic protects your data from hackers, viruses, malware, phishing sites, and other harmful hitchhikers of the information superhighway. Though really, it's more of an information autobahn because there is no speed limit with NordVPN. It is the fastest VPN in the world, so there won't be any buffering or lagging, and it'll stop your ISP from throttling your bandwidth. Isn't that nice? One NordVPN account can be used across six devices, which is great. My wife has been using our account to watch all sorts of awful British reality TV shows that aren't available here, like Argument Island or Half Naked Idiots Fall in Love, and everyone's favorite, The Worst People Just Got Married, Let's Hear Them Talk About It. Shows that are so bad, they're blocked in our part of the world for our own good, but luckily, NordVPN allows her to trick the internet into thinking she's in the UK, so she and her awful friends can shriek and howl and cackle at the TV while I'm trying to relax. I've been using my VPN too. You know what I've been using it for? None of your business. Yep, that's right. And thanks to NordVPN, my data is safely encrypted, all bundled up in a weighted security blanket of incomprehensibly complex math problems, and nobody can tell what it's doing under there. Data, you do your thing. I'll leave you alone. One month of NordVPN coverage costs less than a cup of coffee. Coffee can't protect you from cyber criminals unless you throw it at them or pour it on their computers, and you'll probably get in trouble for doing that. So get NordVPN instead. 
To get the best possible discount off your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com slash POBeyond. That link will also give you four extra months on the two-year plan. There's no risk with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee. Again, that is nordvpn.com slash POBeyond. And now, back to the show. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it. Or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Martha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz and how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, so anyway, so yeah, we are um, we are at the section of the podcast, um, thank you for joining us, where we are talking about PS4 games that we want to get a PS5 patch or a full re-release. Jada just listed all of her games. Uh, Matt, we'll kick it on over to you because me and you have an overlapping game, so I'm going to let you have this one. Yeah, my list is shorter, and also you made the mistake of letting me go ahead of you, so I'm just going to steal the one that we do no, have together, go which, for is, it. which is uh, Bloodborne An obvious would game. be Aces. It'd be yeah. aces. Give me Bloodborne with uh, 60 FPS and, I don't mm-hmm. know, like, up-res it or something. Make it cool again. But it looks great. I play it now. Like, I play it, like, every year. I replay Bloodborne once a year. And if I can get a version of it that looks a little better, that plays a little better on, uh, on PlayStation, like, sign me right up. I want to play it so bad. Um, yeah, Bloodborne is one of those games that it's just it's just trapped on PS4. It's got... Long load times, the frame rate is it's not even that the frame rate's like bad, it's just the fact that it's it's all over the place, right? Like it just yeah. mm-hmm. it, it 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 dips so low and then will kind of like pop back up. And so um yeah. I, I definitely see that as one of the biggest contenders. I think the I think if you download it onto a PS5, it solves the load time stuff. I think it loads pretty fast on mm. a ps5 uh i'm gonna have to double check or whatever but i don't i don't like i don't time these things not like you do for work but uh, <laughs> i think it's yeah i think the load time stuff gets fixed but everything else could i mean like i said there's nothing wrong with bloodborne now mm-hmm. and it's certainly aged like really really well yeah it could just you know it could use a little sprucing up and i would absolutely love to play it i think I lies of p is just the ps5 patch for bloodborne yeah. <laughs> I haven't played it yet. I want to. Uh what else is there? Oh, right. And I also have Gravity Rush on my list cuz uh that was a PlayStation Vita release and then yeah. it got a PlayStation 4 remaster. Uh and then I you know what? Let's just go all the way. Let's just bring it back to PS5. Yeah. yeah. I agree. I love Gravity Rush too. That was a a very yeah. early on IGN, you know, Mark Medina day and uh I I had never played the first one, and I got assigned Gravity Rush two, and I was like, man, this game is like really good actually. <laughs> but I, I haven't played it in a long time, so I definitely agree that it could yeah, use it was some one of those, up. It was one of those things where I got it on sale digitally for like fifteen bucks because I mm-hmm. think at the time 
the physical PS4 copies of Gravity uh, Gravity Rush Remaster became like crazy expensive for some reason. Oh, weird. Um, yeah, and then I think I saw it at a GameStop once. So I just picked it up for like twenty bucks. So now I have it like digital and physical. But I love those games. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Natalie, are you with us? Yes, I am. Oh, nice. I am not frozen right now. Okay. Well, uh, we'll yeah. kick it over to you. What are some games that you'd like to see uh, get brought yeah. over to the PS5? So immediately I thought Dragon Age Inquisition. I really mm. love that game. And it is very much in need of the PlayStation 5 treatment. I mean, we have Dragon Age Dreadwolf, which probably won't be out for a really good while. Mm-hmm. Um, but it feels like a given for... Um, them to you know move over Dragon Age Inquisition to the PlayStation 5, uh, especially since we will be talking about this probably at some point, but uh, just having a upcoming uh, Netflix show, Dragon Age, like it feels like a good opportunity to get people you know coming to return to a game. So it feels like an opportunity that shouldn't be missed for them to, you know put Dragon Age Inquisition on the PlayStation 5 and let me see my ugly bald elf i mean i yeah bald ugly elf egg husband in all the dragon, frame rate glory that he deserves dragon age inquisition is the only dragon age game i've ever played and i completely agree because i played it and i was playing it on ps4 and i think i got to that first like the like first like fight that you do uh this is before like the hinterlands before you even get to like your like first town or whatever and uh and the frame rate dropped and i was like i can't do this and i switched to yeah. the pc version and i like the game a lot but i i agree i would love to see like a console version of that game get improved yeah it's it's a little rough on console even like going back to it it had a few frame rate issues and it felt like it stuttered a lot so it really needs the treatment in my opinion and it's a good game like it's mm-hmm. it's great actually i really love it it's my favorite dragon age so I would love to see it come back on the PlayStation 5. All right. And then you have another game on your list here. Yes, Near Automata, which I think is just an incredible game that deserves... Yeah, Matt, yeah, the head nods, yeah. Mm-hmm. It just deserves to so be good. on every platform, optimized to its full potential. Uh, I want to see to be in the wonderful frame rate, like the highest frame rate that you can give me, the best quality that you can give me. Uh, one of my favorite games of all time and uh, it's coming out for the switch very soon so it doesn't feel like the most graphically optimal release that's uh, possible for it right now so i'd love to see it on the playstation 5 i automata i thought it was i i freaking love this near um yes it was my game of the year for 2017 uh you know breath of the wild Horizon, both excellent games that year. Uh, but Nier, it it hit me so much deeper, uh, just emotionally. The gameplay was awesome. The story was great. There was so much extra content. The soundtrack, I bought the vinyl. I listened to the vinyl probably every once a month at, at minimum. Um, and it's on my Spotify list regularly to where I listen to once a week. Uh, but it's yeah. just so good. Um, if you if you got anybody out there who's not played Near Automata or just just go play it. Do Let's yourself do it. a service. Go play this game. It is so good. Um, I still haven't gotten around to playing Near Replicant yet, which is kind of, feels like a sin for me. Um, but it is on the backlog list and it is moving up quickly. So uh, I'm very excited to see how that one kind of handled the remake. 
from the PS3 version that it originally was. So. I like that on the review B-roll they have going on. One of the chapter breaks was to be or not to be. And that's just that's <laughs> brilliant. That's a good one. It's absolutely yeah. brilliant. Whoever reviewed this game, great job. <laughs> uh, okay, so my games on the list, one is like, one is, I feel like kind of an obvious, I had Bloodborne on the list, but I was like, I'll, I'll give it to you. It's such a, it's such a, you know, obvious one that I was like, somebody else can have this if somebody else writes it. Uh, I wrote Red Dead Redemption 2, mainly because, you know, that game's awesome and the pc version does exist it's a it's a bit demanding on pc of course but uh jumping into that game on your series x or your ps5 it you know you instantly get hit with a 30 frames per second and the slower load times and you're like why right we just got grand theft auto 5 it's ps5 uh series x version and so while i would love red dead to get the treatment i i don't know if rockstar is going to do it mainly it's like just unlock the frame rate but that just doesn't seem like a rock star thing to do. It seems like that they would just like GTA five. It seems like they would want to sell the game again and unlocking the frame rate doesn't allow them to do that. So it's just kind of a bummer, but you know, I would love Mark, to be able to play that game. Mark, don't ask Rockstar for anything else right now. No. Like you, you know, the GTA fans in the audience are yelling at you right now. They're like, no, do not distract them with anything <laughs> yeah, else exactly. other than GTA six. <laughs> just go into the code and it's like turn off v-sync i know it's that easy i am a game developer no i don't know anything <laughs> but yeah i would like that and then my my other one is uh is fallout 76 which i said in the last episode is just a real bad game but uh i still play it all the time and i'm actually i said this last week and you know what are you going to do? But I'm playing it on Series X now because Series X has the FPS boost, which is kind of a, I don't, I don't think artificial is the right term, but it's a system side boost to the frame rate that allows the game to run at a higher frame rate than the game's actually built to run at, except for on PC. Um, and so that's like a system side update, but it's not an actual game update. So the PS5 version of Fallout 76 is absolutely the worst version of the game to play. And so the game needs a patch is all I'm going to say for, for a live service game that they just put an update out for and that they continue to, you know, their intent is to keep pushing out updates for this game. It's like, it just surprises me that they're fine with having it run in the state that it runs in, which is like really long loading and like 30 frames per second when something like the division two got an update very early on in the PS five life cycle. So mm -hmm. Yeah, it's just a surprising kind of deal. So yeah, those are our games that we want to get PS5 updates, whether they be just patch updates or actual versions. Um, so make sure to let us know. Let us in the comments. Let us know in the comments um, what games you would like to see, because I'm sure there is a long list of them. We're going to switch gears to The Last of Us HBO show. Has everybody here watched the trailer? Yes. No. No. I'm just you're kidding. Joking. Yes. I'm I, like, I, you're of course joking. I've seen it. It was a minute long. <laughs> I'm part. I'm on the social team. I have to like keep up to date on everything new as it drops to make sure that Mark, I'm on top of things. 
Jada's a doctor. Like maybe she didn't have a minute <laughs> to true. watch it. it that is true. She was, she was busy getting your prognosis. Uh, it, you know, it, it was. I was reviewing the numbers, and it just like I had it playing in the background, but I really didn't get to pay attention to it. Like yeah. so, like I could say that I watched it, but you watched it, it really. through an X-ray. <laughs> you were just... Yeah, you know. It was through, it was in I was it was in another room through a window off of a mirror because like the lab techs were watching it and not paying attention to what they were supposed to be doing like but I Scalpel. got to see it I guess Scalpel. <laughs> like hold on it's Joel he looks he looks like Oberyn now from Game of Thrones <laughs> we have to figure out what's happening. Uh, yeah, so we, we got like a, what, four or five second glimpse of what that show looks like um, in, in like an HBO teaser like a month ago. And then we've seen some like set photos and stuff like that. But this was the first time. This is still technically a teaser. You know, it was just laid over top a song and a song that's also in the game. And, uh, you know, you, you don't really get much story details. A lot, you know, Last of Us fans know what's happening right yeah. but if you're not familiar with this franchise at all you just saw a collection of scenes that probably don't mean much to you um so it's it's less it's more of a like hey this is what we're working on this is what the show is going to look like and less of a like here's what the show's actually about but that's what we're here for <laughs> we're going to break it down scene by scene we're definitely not going to do that. <laughs> um, did that yesterday yeah but matt i want to start with you what did you think of the trailer thought it was a good looking trailer i thought mm-hmm. um i the scene that most shot out that most stood out to me weirdly was not uh, no was not seeing joel or ellie in person or or mm-hmm. the clicker even but it was that it was that shot of the of that stormy area towards the beginning of the of the game with the mm-hmm. buildings collapsed on one another right yeah. and maybe it was because like i literally just played that uh played that episode level in the game like a couple weeks ago but like i was like that is just they just they're doing it they're making the game into a show and that is the thing that was like the one-to-one of it all was very cool for me i think Mm. yeah i this honestly like i love the witcher right for what it is and stuff like that but it's like this seems like one of the most like faithful adaptations like a lot of these scenes are ripped right from the game uh natalie what about you you're a you're a last of us fan right yeah so i have a complicated relationship with last of us um last of us part two in that shelf where you put the special games that have impacted you changed your life etc made you ascend to another plane of existence the last of us one i'm not actually a huge fan of uh so i was a bit skeptical uh leading up to this i was definitely in the crowd of people who are like oh, well the game itself kind of looks like a movie like mm, what are they gonna do but seeing this trailer i really liked what i saw um i think pedro pascal is just perfect as joel um i think bella ramsey doesn't have the immediate like visual pool that he has in terms of like his resemblance to joel uh, but i'm really excited to see how she does the role i i really love the, the little snippet where you show her looking at riley with a lot mm-hmm. of love and care so i'm very excited to see how they pull that off uh in terms of like my enjoyment or what i'll get out of this um to me, if this means that, because there's a scene in the trailer where it's very clear that they're going to 
probably encompass the whole game. I mean, there was a scene that uh, has like the winter section of the mm-hmm. game uh, showing. So to me, if they're going to cover the entire game in one season and the next season is Last of Us Part 2, like I'm so down for that. I'm so down to see how they realize that game uh, in a movie or not in a movie, in like a show. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's going to bring a lot of new people to the show, actually, I, to the game maybe. Um, just because like, in terms of how it functions, even though I was thinking, well, the game kind of functions like a movie. It's like really, you know, film geared cutscenes with some gameplay in between. That's still a barrier to a lot of people who would rather not, you know, play a game or think about the term video game and they sort of write it off as not being for them. This will have no barriers to anyone who really wants to get into this story and really follow it. So I think that'll be great on that hand and for established fans they'll be able to see what this sort of um this iteration of the last of us is with the blessing of neil Druckmann behind it so yeah uh jada what about you i i just to respond to natalie really quick i i yeah i thought it was a little strange as well where it's like um you know you see scenes from outbreak day and then yeah you see you know, I don't I don't want to spoil the show for people that like maybe haven't played the game, but like there's definitely some ending shots there. Um, but Jada, what's your take on this whole thing? Yeah, no, I I love the trailer. I think it's great or teaser, whatever we want to call it. It's I think it's excellent. Um, there's so many shot for shots that we're seeing in this teaser that we are pulled straight from the game. There's also moments that are kind of done differently and made bigger, which I really respect. Um, there's the whole, uh, during outbreak day, we see the plane crash into the gas station. That's Mm -hmm. not what happens in the game. It's, it's just a car that runs into the gas station and causes that big explosion. Um, unless I missed a plane crashing somehow in my like 12 playthroughs of the dang game, but, um, (laughs) I'm sure some planes crashed. Um, but yeah, I think it's doing, I think it's really great. I'm really excited to see what, um, Bella Ramsey does as uh, as Ellie. Um, I'm very excited to see how um, they pull off the different like deeper moments and and such that we get from the emotional moments you get from the the games. I'm really excited we're getting left behind content in yeah. it. I honestly was not expecting to see left behind content in this first season of the show. Um, and I'm very excited that they're doing that. We're going to get to see Riley. We're going to get to see Ellie before, well, not before Outbreak Day, but before she meets Joel um, and just kind of like the elements that kind of build her up into who she, part of what makes her who she is before her transformation with Joel and such. If, so I'm, if I'm really to, excited. If I had to guess, the la- the Left Behind stuff is a flashback, mainly because That would like- be my guess, too. Like, are they really going to retread that kind of stuff? You would think, you know, the most powerful ending for The Last of Us is that opening, right? And so it's like, but technically in a show, you would want to cover the left behind stuff maybe first. I don't know. So it's it's a little, uh, you know, to kind of introduce Ali. Just the way it was shot, it's like that really, like, close up of Riley. I'm like, this seems kind of like she's telling a story type of yeah the bloom and the lighting and everything on her yeah definitely could see it being a flashback 100 percent. but i don't know we'll see we'll see how deep of a flashback it is maybe it's a dream sequence where it's a flashback in a dream and it actually is like happening type stuff who knows we'll see what what it what it ends up being 
It, it could also be like just an episode of the show, right? So when you're mm-hmm. looking at, you know, if it, like maybe it's 10 seasons, maybe episode seven, something, you know, that suddenly becomes pertinent and you get this entire, it would still technically be a flashback, but it's still, it's this entire like kind episode. of prequel that takes you away. Maybe Joel's not even in that episode kind of deal. So yeah, I, yeah. uh, with all video games, I was stuff, thinking always- it might be an episode in and of itself. Mm-hmm. And I wonder if that would be better or if it would be, and I think it would take a specific caliber of filmmaker to pull this off, but to interspersed or intersperse mm-hmm. like those flashbacks across different episodes as like things that Ellie is remembering as she goes on this journey with Joel. I wonder which one would would be the route that they're taking and which mm-hmm. one I would like more. Both seem attractive. Yeah. Potential, yeah. It's scenarios. Like, it's like I'm just I'm trusting them to tell me what I want. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah, I, I I hadn't thought too much until you brought it up, Natalie. That it's like this first season technically would be the whole first game, right? And so technically, The Last of Us Part Two is a is a bit longer. Um, so like maybe that's like two or three seasons because like that game is like more than double the length of the first game. Um, yeah. Or what if we get a season per like the dual protagonists that we have in that game, uh, mm-hmm, just to like mm-hmm. dance around the issue? Um, maybe we get a season for each one or something like that. I, I mentioned Dragon Age and uh, the fact that it's getting a Netflix show earlier because I think that pipeline of create a good show then will you know, attract people to go back to those games. I think mm-hmm. uh, Bioware needs to do what Naughty Dog has done here, which is they made sure that part one was ready, the optimized way to experience uh, the story that we're going to see in the show. And that's ready for when the show actually airs in 2023. So that people who really like that are able to say, oh, I'm going to check the game out. Mm-hmm. I don't normally play games, but I like The Last of Us, so I'm going to do it. And they're going to go back to the game. Um, so I think that would be a really cool scenario actually if they did a season for both protagonists in part two yeah i mean and we're seeing that kind of resurgence even with games that aren't getting that fully optimized re perfect perfected version with you know cyberpunk edge runners so you're talking about it earlier you know cyberpunk has seen its highest player counts since launch Mm-hmm. Um, it's I think it's higher its peak, right? And it's overpeaked like Witcher three at this point too. Yes. Like it's mm-hmm. it's crazy that these shows are doing the job of bringing players back into the world, and it's great. I love it. I love the content that's going into these shows, and I'm all for it. So, I think what's going to be interesting, and who knows what the deal is, and and like they do have Neil Druckmann on board to kind of help shepherd the show. Like he's not like the showrunner, but he is you know one of the producers on it, and so it's like. I I wonder I don't think that this would happen but I'm wondering if we're eventually going to get some sort of Game of Thrones scenario where HBO has ordered an X amount of series uh, seasons and they eventually get beyond what the games have gone to cuz it's like games are you know they take so long to make. So theoretically, I guess we we live in a world where Naughty Dog could finish up factions and then start if they haven't already on Last of Us Part 3 which you know, we, we're not even entirely sure if that's actually going to happen. Last of Us Part 2 had such a, like, definitive ending. Um, but so did Last of Us Part 1. And so, like, are they go- are they start going to start work on Last of Us Part 3 that maybe by the time 
they're aiming for that launch maybe will be on season three or four of the last of us and then they'll be able to kind of add up you know adapt that or are they eventually going to get ahead of the show and it starts becoming a more original story just right. seems yeah, like the future is bright for the last of us and that it's not going anywhere for some time to come which mm-hmm. if that means it's easier to get a part three i would love to see that for so many reasons that i guess i'll not talk about on here in case of spoilers for <laughs> i know it's two. always this weird thing to like balance because i'm like hey i know how the first season ends and like so does a lot of people but there are a lot of people that don't know so uh let's switch gears to something that is a little weird it's something that we've known about for a while and that e3 2023 is coming back it is going to be a thing after a little bit of a break and yesterday we got the news i think it was yesterday or the day before i can't remember I think it was yesterday. yesterday um what is time Um, we got the dates for E3 and how they're going to kind of split it up. So uh, the return dates are June 13th through the 16th with separate days for what they're calling E3 business days and E3 gamer days. And then the, the other thing that's worth noting is that they have their partner digital events, which will precede the physical expo. And that'll begin June 11th, which is typical for E3, right? E3 doesn't technically start until like the Tuesday of that week. But most people see it as like the Saturday because, you know, that's when all the presentations and stuff were happening. Um, Matt, what do you think about E3 returning? <laughs> uh, okay, yes. I'm <laughs> excited for E3 to return. Uh, mm-hmm. E3 has always been a great event for for industry folks and, and for fans. And it's just, it's a good time. And I think the whole like, oh, we never needed an E3 kind of thing. I think that's overplayed. I think I love E3. I think oh, I think I've been to three E3s in my life, um, and they've all been very memorable. So I'm excited to be back, mm-hmm. and I'm excited for this plan that they've announced so far about the business and consumer days, um, because that's actually how Tokyo Game Show does it. And I've I've been to one Tokyo Game Show. And it does the exact same thing where the first two days are for industry only. And then the next two days are for like general, general people, general like consumers. And then also like if you still have appointments and I think it works really well for, for Tokyo game show. I don't know if it's going to work for E3, but I mean, I can't Mm -hmm. imagine it'd be that much different. So I'm, I'm into it. Natalie, have you ever been to an E3? Yeah, I went once in 2018 when the, behind doors demo of cyberpunk 2077 mm-hmm. uh was at the show uh and then 2019 i went away to university and then 2020 was the pandemic right. so i only got to go once um so i don't think i have the, the nostalgia that people who have the experience of going multiple times have but i'm curious about it i definitely want to see what people specifically journalists who have to you know work on the ground um what they will say about the experience just because i think it is wise for them to separate not only the days but the halls so one hall will be dedicated to media and press and um, there will be dedicated spaces for people to conduct interviews and meet and you know there's apparently going to be an application that you're going to be able to use in order to you know schedule those things so i'm very curious uh cautiously optimistic Mm -hmm. but i totally get why some people already booking hotels and flights and whatnot because 
it's it's an exciting time. Everyone kind of wants that physical event to be back. It's, you know, Summer Game Fest and all these separate conferences are nice and cool uh, to watch from, you know, the comfort of your home. But everyone wants to see each other again. And mm. um, I just hope they take the necessary safety precautions since the pandemic is still very much ongoing and the usage of masks just seem to be not a thing that people are concerning themselves with in person very much. Uh, so I would like to see them have some really good safety measures for that in place. Yeah, California has become a lawless wasteland. Where every day <laughs> is a fight for survival. To be fair, is that before the pandemic, but it's just <laughs> even worse now. Um, yeah, I find E3 super interesting, right? Because for one, a couple of things to know is that this is being put on by Reed Pop, which is the people behind New York Comic Con, PAX, Star Wars Celebration. Uh, and so I'm wondering, like, are we going to see more of a, like, PAX-style show? Which I, I do think a lot of people would be excited for. Um, there's a couple of strange things with it, though. One, Jeff Keighley is, as far as we know, not involved. Um, and he was kind of this weird glue that kind of ran a lot of the, the driving force behind E3. And, uh, you know, like YouTube gaming, stuff like that. And so him being what could essentially be a competitor to E3 is that remains to be seen. Um, but also so many publications have, have taken to speaking to their fans directly, not through something like, you know, E3 and stuff like that. And so E3 existing doesn't necessarily mean that it's going to be the E3 you remember, right? It could end up being wildly different. We already know that PlayStation hasn't been at E3 since 2018. Uh, Xbox will probably be there just because they've kind of like stuck around with that kind of stuff. But like, is Nintendo like Nintendo had a huge booth every year, but like, mm -hmm. it's been a lot of years now. It's been three since, you know, the times change and maybe they're going to look and be like, Hey, we have been able to deliver this news. Of, you know, we just had a Ubisoft forward. And so maybe Ubisoft looks and goes, we've been able to deliver this news without paying these like insane convention center costs so like it's expensive wh why why would we suddenly you know go backwards in time and go back to that when we've been able to open these channels directly with our audience um jada what do you think yeah no i i really hope that it comes back and does it right i hope it really mm -hmm. captures even half of the magic that we got to experience at e3 pre prior to the shutdown and all that type of stuff and not having e3 for years um, I've gone to like six or seven E3s and it was so good at the beginning and I could start to see the, 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 the tearing at the, at the cracks. Like it was like, it was starting to, it was cracking at the seam, tearing at the seams. I don't know what metaphors are, are anymore. <laughs> it was, it was they're just words. Them. Let's just, you throw all them all together. Right. You know, they're right. Um, see Natalie's here. She works with words. So <laughs> that, that's all I need. Uh, resident wordsmith in the house. Um, but yes, the I really hope it comes back and does it meaningful because it was such a uh, momentous occasion for me. My first E3 getting to go, really feeling like I'm a part of this industry. I'm covering these big events. I'm getting to meet these develop like 15, 20 developers over the course of this week and interview them and learn the most like learn about them about their game and arguably one of the most like purest forms because you're literally talking to the 
the creative directors, you're talking to the designers, you're talking to these people like one-to-one. And yes, there is some jargon and publicity stuff that they're going to talk about in Rosie show, but like you get to see some of these games at their earliest point that they're ready to be shown. And you get to form just such a unique opinion based on how that resonates with you on that first time playing it, being one of the first, you know, couple thousand people to play this game potentially. Mm. Um, so like, I, I'm really excited for it. I hope they do it right. I really mm. like the idea of the splitting the days um, because, you know, from my first E3, I want to say it was 2013 or 2014. I used to have like 15, 20 minute line, like lines to wait for if I was waiting for a, a game, right. which isn't bad at all for E3 with how many games and how many people were there. But like going to all the way to 2019, the last year I went, it was just, I, I'd be waiting like an hour, hour and a half to play a game. I think I waited like whatever year Star Fox Zero was there. I waited like 75 minutes to play that terrible game. That's a um, long time to wait. It's a long Fox time. Zero. Yes, There's and I love lines. <laughs> exactly. And I love Starbox. I love Nintendo stuff. I also, you know, to your point, Mark, about boosts, I think we will see Nintendo come back with their boosts. I think that is one of their, like, one of their joys. I think they really love bringing people mm-hmm. in and showcasing these big things, making their games larger than life. Um, Nintendo is all about surprising and delighting their fans. And I think their boosts is a way for them to really connect with their audience and their community and do that so i really do think that we will see nintendo come back with microsoft sony i don't know though like i feel like i think i feel like sony is really getting into its own cadence of doing its own thing i think they may do big like marquee events when they have like a bunch of blockbusters that are going to drop in the next like six months six to eight months after e3 they may show up and do like a one-off thing but i don't Mm -hmm. think we'll see them return to you know, rivaling booths with Microsoft and Nintendo. I don't think we'll see that. Yeah, I, I've told the story before here on the show, but it's like, the you know, one of the main things I miss from E3 is like being with all of your coworkers and friends and stuff like that and being able to like all work towards this common goal. And it's like this really like, you know, kind of tiring, but like fun week of where everybody just has this common thing where like, it seems like everything else goes by the way wayside. Everybody's just focused on E3. So I, 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 I desperately want those times to come back, and I, I think I think we'll get there. Um, and then what you said about you know being able to like demo games with like developers and stuff like that. You know, the first time I played Mario Odyssey was a book behind closed doors demo, and I played it with Reggie Fizeme, kind of like explaining what's supposed to be doing in the game and stuff like that. And it's like, man, I really miss stuff like that. I went to an event mm-hmm. a few weeks ago for Mario Plus Rabbit Sparks of Hope, and I was with a developer, and I was like, I was wasn't like super cheeky about it but i was just like hey what did you do on the game and i expected him to just be like i made the coin sounds or whatever which is i'm sure it's an that's an important job but i just i wanted to know what he worked on specifically for the game he's like oh i'm the uh, i'm the game director and i was like oh i've been hanging out with the game director for the past three hours while he's like i'm asking him like the worst questions ever <laughs> just like so why does rabid peach look like that he's like that's how i <laughs> well, <laughs> uh but yeah i think we can all agree um e3 is a good time i if they nail it awesome i hope it's what people want it to be and what that vision that they have in their head but you know everyone just has to remember that it's been years since there's been a traditional e3 this is being ran by a different company where a lot of 
you know, so I just, I want people to manage their expectations. If, if it's awesome, I super want that, but it could be bad. <laughs> it could. <laughs> Taking a pessimistic approach to E3 this year. Uh, Sorry, I'll be the right. optimism that balances you. That's just the way it works. It's our dynamic. Perfect. Uh, we're almost out of time, if you can believe it. It doesn't feel like it's been 48 minutes. It feels like it's been an eternity. Um... <laughs> yeah, man. <laughs> it's right here. That's that's that. I mean, that's that's every time I have to have a conversation with Mark. So it's fine. Every, t- every time every me and Jade are on a call together, I'm like, I'm like, you just do all this work and you look and you're like, it's been three minutes. No way. No. And just way. like Mark, quit talking days. about the forest. I've heard all your stories about the forest already. Just let oh, it. Oh, you haven't heard them all. <laughs> next next week oh, is just going to be a also forest, love the forest? Oh, it's so good, Natalie. Oh, no. Finally, no. here we go. No. I gotta go. I have to leave. So, We're I'm jumping so forward sorry, to 2013. The most anticipated speak. game. I did not so... speak whatsoever. I, you heard the forest. I said, Floris. Floris. Nice. She, she, Natalie she meant an actual like, forest. She yeah. likes. I said my name. She likes hiking. Forest. She likes going hiking. You know. Yeah. yeah. Okay, makes sense. Oh, like you, you should change your name to Natalie Forrest. That would be amazing. Yeah. Just an just an homage and to to end night. I'm so yeah. glad there's another Forest fan because every time I bring it up, everyone's like, "Yeah, there's this game called The Forest. Cool. It's a good game, guys." Natalie, how much have you played game. The Forest? Yeah, also The Forest though. Right? I'm like, we were on Game Scoop last week, and Damon's going over of all the exciting 2023 games. I'm like, you forgot Sons of the Forest, which is you forgot a very pivotal one. Yeah. Oh my goodness. I I, I share the enthusiasm, but I won't talk about it to spare Jada and Matt. (laughs) Damn it. Jada, once again. I feel the peer pressure from them. Like Natalie, don't don't go forward. It's Let's, just more uh, of like we just don't like to feed Mark. That's that's the thing. Yeah. She just don't doesn't like. Out. She just yeah. doesn't like me to be happy. <laughs> I, I I mean, you're gonna live a long, healthy life. So, but I didn't say it's gonna be a happy one. So I gotta pace myself. Well, yes. apparently not because Sons of the Force is never coming out. That's that's <laughs> that's the carrot on the end the on the stick right now, and it's just and we're just never gonna get there. No, I believe in them. They're good guys over there. Uh, okay, well that is that is gonna do it for our show this week. Um. Natalie, one more time, let's let's get a plug of all where people can find you. Yeah, you can find me at Hardimisia. That's heart I M E C I A on Twitter. That's really where I'm at, just ship posting mm. and whatnot. <laughs> cool. Uh, does anybody have anything they want to plug before we take off for the week? Ooh. Hmm. Just just throwing it out there. <laughs> We don't normally. That's fine. Uh, there's a couple. <laughs> I've got a couple of community articles uh, to, that are up and live right now. We've got uh, there's one of them. It's about which uh, video game classic would you like to see make a comeback? That one's live right now. And then also a uh, what's more important to you, the developer or the publisher uh, article. So come and share your thoughts in either of those on IGN.com. Great. All right, well, that's going to do it for us this week. We will be back next week. Uh, next week's going to be a fun episode, and uh, we do have a little bit of news that um, I'm not going to share this week, but we'll share it next week. But thank you guys so much for joining me, especially Natalie. Thank you so much for jumping on with us. And uh, please, everybody, go follow her. You can also follow me on Twitter at Mark underscore Medina. You can follow Jada at underscore Jada. No, I always Jada underscore Rena. I know, Jada you're a terrible person. Rina. 
He just doesn't want me to get followers. He doesn't want me to get followers. He doesn't want me to get too mad about the prognosis that you get. (laughs) I'm still, I'm still dealing with the shock. Uh, And then Matt, people can find you at Law of TD. Yes, Law of Touchdowns. Law of Touchdowns. Biggest football fan on the show. But that's gonna do it for us this week. We will see you guys next week at the normal Tuesday, the new, the new normal Tuesday time. But until then. I hope you're I hope you're doing well. I hope you're staying safe and beyond. 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 Nice. Your chance. I'm that shot. You keep her alive. And you set everything right. Hi, it's Jennifer, a founder of the Go Kid Go Network. Do your kids love wacky worlds, superheroes, and inventing? Of course they do. That's why our shows Bobby Wonder and Lucy Wow are set in Pflugerville, the nonstop fun and adventure universe where imagination, creativity, STEM, and positive role models abound. Join the Pflugerville fun by searching for Bobby Wonder and Lucy Wow on Spotify, Apple, or wherever you get your podcasts. <laughs>